working with the confirmands now. We're finishing up confirmation. They'll be joining in August. I'm so excited for our young confirmands. They were very talkative this morning. Uh, they went from not saying a word to now. They're just talking away, having a good time. Uh, and we were talking about the idea of call and the idea that God is helping us to know who we are and whose we are in this call, that we are citizens. We're part of one team, is how I described it to them. So that's what Paul is saying here. He says, brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. Now today, by the miracle of the Holy Spirit, Brad is working on three words that I did not give him uh, for this sermon. So Brad, do you, you want to just throw a word up there? Just, just, just put a word up there because I didn't give him the words. And, and see, this is how a team works. When the play breaks down, text is the word. We, we, we need another word. I, I don't want that word. <laughs> because somebody's going to text somebody here. But no, actually, leave that word up there. That, that will work into the sermon. Yeah. Um, if somebody had sent our point guard a text that had told him not to take that terrible last shot in a game and to actually maybe pass it inside to Luke or somebody like that. See, we, uh, as the family of God, we each are part of the same team and we communicate with one another. We're able to share with one another. And that's what Paul is saying, brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. The reason we need to be with each other is to work out our salvation, to learn from one another. Uh, I've learned a lot since I've come to Spring Hill. I can tell you that. I've learned that this is a beautiful community. I know we have uh, humor and jokes and all kinds of things. I mean, I've never lived in a community that I saw uh, just a goat on the video. You remember I told you that story. But also, in a serious way, we're part of a community that gathers together and times of uh, just, just times of serious need. And this week will be one of those moments that this church will once again respond with open hearts and open doors um, to the loss of one of our members and uh, someone that we certainly want to keep their family in prayer in a special way. Uh, we are a family, and that's what it's saying here. Paul is saying to the early church that we are called to join with one another and being more Christ-like. And how we do that, we communicate with one another. But then he shares with us this next part, and he says, for many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, you may say, well, there's no enemies here. We're all one accord in this community, this nation. But the truth is, we are living in a time that the church is being openly persecuted by our culture. Each and every day, a new story is released about how someone who's a believer is challenged about that belief, but it's more than just the political part of that, it's the spiritual part of that. When I go and I do ministry, uh, like the other night I was at the hospital, I'll wear my collar and, and I'll show people uh, that I'm a man of the cloth, I'm, I'm a clergy person, and no matter where I go when I wear that, I, I not only have people uh, who respond in a positive way, but also those who respond in a negative way. In fact, for some, it's like um, when I wear this, it's like we're going to uh, somehow cause trouble. Uh, and it happens. And of course, as a pastor, you realize that there's a need there, and you try to address the need, or you try to find a, a stage door and exit. Uh, 
because the fact is, is we can't solve everybody's problems. We can't solve everybody's needs, but Jesus can. But it may not be our task, but the next one that's part of the family coming along. So don't think you have to do all things. It's like, um, uh, I love the young guard. Um, he doesn't really need a haircut, but he really shouldn't have held that ball. Really, seriously, it's just he need, needs a haircut. Maybe I don't know what's going on there, but don't want to pick on him because he's a great shooter. But sometimes you got to uh, let go and then let someone else and uh, you know, have the opportunity because we live in a culture right now where um, there are enemies of the cross of Jesus. And he said, I've often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. In other words, Paul has been personally affected by these enemies. When he says by tears, he's saying that uh, he uh, has felt the sting and the wrath of a culture of a world that does not accept Christ. So, so Brad, what word do we have next up here? Uh, okay, Zion. Oh. oh my goodness. Lewis just fainted, I want you to know. Lewis just, he fainted. I've never seen a beat up. Where are these Duke people at? They're, they're laughing, they're having a good time. I've never seen a beat up. They just enjoy things so much. Um, but we, um, um, I, I don't even know what to say now. Zion. <laughs> Citizenship is of a certain place. This is, this is working out really good, Brad. Yeah. Um, it's like we're synced together. Citizenship is not just general citizenship, like I'm a citizen of the world. Paul is a citizen of Rome. We're citizens of Zion, of heaven. That's what Zion means. It means heaven. The land of Zion is our home. Uh, uh, And, and I'm going to put a J in my hair, by the way. I'm a carver because I need a haircut. I'm a buzz a J in my hair right here for Jerome. And, uh, and uh, I guarantee you young people have Zs in their hair pretty soon uh, uh, because this young man is, uh, wow, he's incredible. Uh, and it's just, I don't understand it. But Zion uh, is our home. So we're citizens, not just of church, we're citizens of a place. And today we talked about that in confirmation of how we're going from here to there. In other words, we're going from here to heaven. And heaven is real. And you don't have to worry about heaven. It's there. It's real. God made it. And he made it for a particular reason. He made it for us to claim that. The other night I shared with the family, the whole family, a lot of the family, half of Mamers was there. And I told them, she's about to go through the tunnel of light. And she's going to emerge on the other side in heaven. See, we are going from here to there. We're going home. And home is not only where the heart is, home is where the soul is. I, I'm, um, I'm in between. I'm, I'm like, um, you know... The story of the young man from Asheville, you can't go home again. I, I, don't, I don't really have a home anymore. My daddy and mama both are gone. My grandparents are all gone. We have family home, but my home is in the mountains, a house we built years ago when we were up there. When I have Christmas, we have it here. 
because this is our home. We claim this is our home until God calls me to the next place and hopefully it'll be in the hills where I'll be able to stand up there and preach on the hilltop. Uh, already let Leona know that uh, I'm going to have a script when I leave this world and I'm going to have a list of people I don't like. You think that's strange, don't you? We have enemies of the cross that have tried in every way to hinder the kingdom's work. We've had enemies of the cross that have tried to stop what God is doing. I guarantee if God is working in your life, the devil's trying even harder to stop it from happening. The devil wants us to give up and to give in, to say there's no hope. But we're citizens of a greater place. God has opened up the door for us to claim the citizenship. And just like Paul, who claimed it to help him to make his travels, we claim our citizenship of heaven, of Zion. Our home is there, the land of milk and honey. And he describes these enemies. He says, the end is their destruction. Their God is the belly and their glory is their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. Has there ever been a day... <laughs> that our postmodern culture has focused so much on earthly things instead of heavenly things. Set our minds on earthly things instead of things of God. But Paul says that our citizenship is in heaven. It is from there that we are expecting a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will transform the body of our humiliation. In other words, we are not defeated. We can claim the victory. So what's the next word there, Brad? The next word. Let's see where he's going now. Let's see what happens. Uh, it's going to happen here in a second. Uh, he's making his way uh, by the grace of God. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to give up hope. There, there it is. I knew it. That last shot just went in. And we jump up and down, and we're so happy. And then we got to play the next game. See, in life, we uh, try so hard to win. And I've been there. I've been a winner a couple times, not very often. The only real trophy I have. So you understand, young people, in my day, they didn't give trophies out. They just didn't unless you won. It was the way it was. My only trophy I've ever earned in my life, you, you're going to be embarrassed. You're going to feel sorry for the preacher, and please don't give me a trophy. I got a second-place trophy, runner-up in a tennis tournament one time. And the guy that beat me, I was much better than him. I knew the game, and he was obnoxious. He was hateful. He was like a McEnroe, early version. And I just was so uh, insulted that he beat me there at Methodist College in this tournament. Uh, and I came up uh, second place. So the only uh, trophy I have is in the mountains on the shelf. It says second place. And I, uh, I said, Lord, why did you not let me win something? You know, I need some trophies, you know. I need some medals. Why did you just leave me with second place? I'd rather be second place in heaven than first place in the other place. I'd rather be a doorman in heaven, open the door, than to have a so-called kingdom in the other place because the other place is not our home. Our citizenship is not in this other place. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we claim the victory. 
And that's what he's saying. He will transform our bodies from this humiliation. I'm not, because it's, it's hard, people. I mean, you work hard, uh, you, you do things, uh, and, you, and you try to exercise, and you try to get strong. I used to be able to bench press. I was able to do all these things, and now I'm just, oh, my Lord, have mercy. See, it, see it's, and some would say, well, you're just being defeatist, and you're not wanting to see the challenge. I'm saying that no matter what we do, we cannot create heaven on earth. So we need to accept our humiliation. We need to accept our place. Doesn't mean we're satisfied with second place because never be satisfied with second place. Try to be the victor. And it's in that struggle that we reach heaven, that we may conform to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. So Christ is instilling in us the victory, and Paul used a reference often of sports, of athletics, where when we cross heaven, we just, we just fall in. We've given all we can, and we leave it all on the court, as said in sports. We live life to the fullest. Therefore, this is what he says, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, and he gives us this affirmation of faith. He says to stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved, to stand firm. And what does it mean to stand firm? It means I shall not be moved. It means I'm standing with the Lord. I'm going to do what I need to do. My house, my life will be subject to him to stand firm. The temptations are all around us, the world we live in right now. It's tried to make it where even Sunday isn't a holy day anymore and people had every reason in the world to go do this and go do that. And I know there's different situations and circumstances, but at least have a time to stand firm with the Lord. And if we can't find time to pray, then we certainly don't have time to live. I've known people in their lives that sit there and rush to try to get in and try to do this and try to do that, while others are trying to get out and rush here and rush there. And I'm saying, what's the hurry? It's not going to go away. It's going to be there. Take your time. Let the Lord guide your way. You don't know what you're missing. Because by the time those children grow up, they're gone. And you finally say, maybe I should have spent more time with them. Maybe I should have told them I loved them more. Maybe I should have taken the effort instead of doing what I thought was important at the time. Don't you realize how fleeting the time is on this side? But in heaven, we have all the time in the kingdom to do what God would have us do. So we must stand firm as heaven comes towards us. That was the great epiphany I had in the mountains one day when I was up at Maggie Valley over there at the place that sells apples and honey. You know the place I'm talking about on the right-hand side. They got a little creek. Uh, you know what they call it, Harold? It's in West Virginia, they call it a creek, a creek. And I was sitting there and I was sitting there studying and watching the water come off the mountains and the rocks and the water and it forms little ebbs and the water flows around the rocks and I just sitting there enjoying it and then it was, it was bubbling, it was, it, was, it was so beautiful. And I'm eating an apple. And it dawned on me, it come to me. I even called my father afterwards, went and got a phone and called him and I said, you know, it's finally come to me that I'm not going to heaven it's coming to me. 
because we no more stand in the water of God's time and it's coming towards us. We can't stop it. It has its own force, its own power. All we can do is let it absorb us. Let it take us to where it needs to go. We gotta let God do what God does best, which is give us the victory. So in other words, um, Zion scores, gets his own rebound. I don't know how he did it. He shouldn't have done it. It it wasn't obvious to me how he got the ball. I think there's something illegal there, but that's between me and the refs. Uh, And he scores, and they're one point ahead, and we got like 10 seconds, and I'm going, come on, come on, get rid of the ball. And uh, he's coming with the court, and he wants to hold the ball, uh, and and, and he shoots a bad shot, uh, and and we try to tip it, and the time runs out, and Coach K is over there going, I won again, you know how he is. And uh, Roy's going, uh, I just can't believe the boy, you know how he is. And, And I'm thinking to myself, you know, If it had been me, I'd have just closed my eyes from half court and just threw it. It may have gone into Duke's basket. I don't know, because sometimes you're facing the wrong way. But we just need to trust God and just let it fly. And you never know what's going to happen. You, you, uh, You don't notice, Miss Kathy, but I played my senior year in the faculty student game at Harnett Central. I'm, I weren't much of a basketball player. My vertical leap is like one inch. That's what it is. And I'm playing in this game against the teachers. This is like, you know, I don't know if they still do that. It's a faculty student game. I don't think you played in that game, did you? I, I don't think so. But uh, we had Coach Bell. He was playing. Coach Farrell was playing. They all were playing. And, and I, they, they finally let me in because uh, I wanted to get in really bad, and they finally let me into the game, and I was determined to shoot it. I just, I, I, I was in, so I was taking a shot. I, and and uh, so they take the ball, and they're running down there, and I'm over there waving, going, I'm open, I'm open, and I'm a long way away from the basket. I'm, I'm open, and they're like not even looking at me, and, and I'm, I'm jumping up and down and going, I'm open, and people in the stands started screaming, G-Man is open, G-Man, that was my nickname, G-Man. G-Man's open, throw him the ball, throw him the ball, and I'm going, I'm open, and finally, Tommy, just his name, Tommy Thomas, some of you may know him, he's a very shy young man, Tommy Thomas, he was, the, he was the guard, he had the ball, and finally he threw it to me, and I was so far out, it was, it was like 35 feet, I don't know how far it is, I can't measure but uh, I said, I'm going to take the shot. And I just threw it up there, and it went in. And I want you to know I run around the whole court. <laughs> I was shaking people's hands and the stands, and the game's still going on. And I'm going, isn't that amazing? And I'm shaking the coach's hands and the teacher's hands, and they're going, that boy ain't right. There's something wrong with that boy. Uh, and then they called a timeout, and I didn't get back in. But I scored. <laughs> I scored because I just trusted, you know, not the process, because I didn't earn it. I just trusted the ball would somehow go where it needs to go. Maybe that's how we're going to make a run. I don't know who would do it. We never know. See, love just allows us to stand firm. So let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity of coming together and knowing that victory is in Jesus, and this is our victory that we claim. Lord, be with our spaghetti dinner and the young people that help to make this a sign of their love to us and ask that you bless us in this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.